Quick, come up with something funny to say. Hello? Yo. Bork. Oh, that's really cool. Somehow I think you're lying. Uh-huh. Oh, fail. Oh. Ah! Bad Philosophy, episode 41, recorded on August 2nd, 2009. How the West was moo. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy, upsetting the balance of reality, one rabbit trail at a time. And this is our 41st episode, everyone. We've got a familiar guest and an unfamiliar guest on the show today. Actually, I should say two familiar guests. I almost forgot about you back there, Jed. <laughs> Are you recording too, Jed? You should be recording your feed. Yes, Jed is recording. So. Yes. Um, awesome. Here we go. Uh, so, Kevin, you are you are here live. Believe in the, it or not, I'm still around. Yeah. He, uh, he decided to come back for a little while. Briefly. Mm-hmm. Very briefly. And record a live episode with us. Actually, in the exact same chair, in the exact same location as your last live episode. Yes. So. It's all an illusion. You're actually just taking footage of me from previous Bad Philosophies and editing them together. Yeah. If you notice, um, kudos, because we did a, a really thorough job on it. You can and, do anything uh, with computers nowadays. You can. And we've also got Sean Mullen, a first-time Bad Philosopher. Uh, Sean, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you. <laughs> well, hello there. Um, I'm Sean. I'm a, uh, uh, currently working on my master's in uh, mechanical engineering introduce myself i don't know i i met steven i mean i i know about all of this through through steven mm-hmm. uh, i met him in uh in kuk Wan, which is a korean martial art um for which we have a club here at tech i don't know uh, i took uh, asian philosophy with steven like yeah. in l- last semester no uh, it was the not last semester fall, it was, it was it? in uh spring of 08 spring That's of 08 right. yeah it was it was over a year ago which which seems just mind-boggling to me i know and, i know it seems like it was not that long ago but yeah. uh but so but that is the extent of your your formal philosophical training. Formal, yeah, yeah. So sorry if I come across as being a little. Hey, you've, you've got you've got more than this guy. <laughs> Never had a philosophy class in my life. That's <laughs> the way I keep it. And you've got more than our yeah. intrepid cameraman. Uh, you can see him on the stickam feed. He's off to the side there. But uh, Jed, so Hi. welcome back. Uh, Jed, yeah. <laughs> we we must uh, give some kudos out to Jed because we had some. Horrible technical difficulties getting this show running. The digital media studio here at the library has been both a, a friend and a foe to us throughout the history of Bad Philosophy. It was one of the things that kind of got us started because of the, the equipment available there to use was, was better than, you know, the, the run-of-the-mill stuff we happen to have. However, it's sort of like uh, dangling a, a carrot in front of a horse when the carrot is covered in mold. Um, it'd be a really great carrot if it wasn't covered in mold. And uh, so, as you can imagine, we've, we've had some trouble with the equipment that we've checked out from the DMS, and today was one of those days when everything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, so we're finally just recording with essentially stuff that we have. Um, Jed actually has gotten a, uh, a $30 MacBook yeah. <laughs> through, a, through a friend. Uh, big Good kudos deal. to him. So we're, we're recording on that right now, and it's, uh, it seems to be working so far, so we're just going to run with it. <laughs> and uh, maybe sometime in the future, if the DMS decides to get their act together, we will come back to you on a nice widescreen Canon camcorder. Don't hold your breath. Exactly. <laughs> but today, we will simply be on a VGA webcam. And we're going to talk Asian philosophy. Uh, this is something that I don't think we've covered in too much detail here before on the show. Nice eyebrow raise there, Jed, by the way. <laughs> And uh, since we do have, have Sean on here, uh, it's, it's going to be, we, we actually have at least one expert. I did take the course as well and am a philosophy major, so I'll be able to sort of guide us along as always. But Asian philosophy has sort of permeated our culture in the sense of being um, maybe pop culture-ish. Uh, for instance, the, the rise in the kind of prevalence of, of uh, Zen uh, tattoos and the the yin yang symbol, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. Which y- a lot of yoga, yoga Yoga's, for sure. Know, which is um, which a lot of uh, the yin yang. A lot of people pronounce yin yang. Yin yang. There's no. This is America, and this is how we do it. <laughs> it's America. <laughs> the yin yang is not an American symbol, and I'm sorry, but it should be pronounced properly. I pronounce Hyundai Hyundai. It's not how they pronounce it in Korea. 
Actually, it's pronounced uh, Hyundai. 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 Yeah, it's yeah. not Hyundai. I, I can speak a little Korean. So. Yeah, but, that's you know. Sean. I, I mean, get along well with Julie. She's been on the show. She's actually in Korea right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, coming back in a week or so. I would. I would love to. Uh, to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. What, well, one of the things we talked about when we had her on the show last was sort of the difference between Asian and American cultures, and uh, it's interesting how we, we've kind of had the rise of not only Asian cultural influence, but also Asian philosophical influence. Um, a lot of a lot of current uh, New Age mysticism here in America is rooted in Asian philosophical concepts. Um, the the sort of ideas of of a nameless, uh, formless force that permeates all is very similar to the idea of the Tao in uh, Taoism, for instance. Um, well, I, I was I was thinking more of chi or uh, the, in the, the in, Indian example. concept of uh, of prana. Which I was is also the thinking same thing. uh, the force from Star Wars. Yes, which is a very <laughs> a very Asian concept. Yeah, absolutely. But we don't absolutely. we don't often realize that these ideas of sort of an internal energy or a life force permeating everything or enlightenment itself um, come from Asian culture. Uh, we don't acknowledge that too often, and I think as a result, people don't. Uh, tend to apply the concepts correctly. Um, they don't have the context required to, to understand really where these are coming from. Um, so what, I want to open it up just first of all of, of asking, in what ways do you think it's, it's either good or bad? We'll start with Kevin. Well, I think with Asian ideas have always been interesting to us Westerners. I mean, it was as far back as Marco Polo bringing back um, pasta from the West mm. was, I mean, it's, it's always been something that has been very different from us because the two cultures, and I'm using the, culture term, the term culture very broadly here, yeah. um, East and West, grew very independently of each other up until about, you know, whenever Marco Polo did his 1600s? Uh, earlier? Earlier than that. I, yeah. I was going to say 1400s, yeah. but don't quote me on that. I'm not a historian. Um, but they were relatively separate for the majority of that time. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's kind of you know, an interesting case study in how cultures will develop differently. Um, there's, not, there's not a lot of similarities between the two, particularly in ancient histories, um, as far as how things are going. And so there's always been that, that intrigue, that mystique of something different. Um, I don't think that, that we, we, we're, we're picking different things to like now. But it has, but the idea of of co-opting Asian culture again very broadly yeah. has not been a new thing. Um, you know, the, we see it differently. Yoga is is big right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, twenty years ago, getting a tattoo on your arm that said you know strength in Chinese was a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is now seen as very much not a cool thing to do. <laughs> but it, but it was at the time. Those, those <laughs> well, and and I'm speaking contemporarily in sort of the last hundred years. Um, because certainly right now, other Asian things are popular than would have been popular in the past. Um, but I'm a big fan the, of gunpowder. Yeah, yeah. I think gunpowder <laughs> has, has served as well. And, and really I want to kind of keep the discussion uh, limited to philosoph philosophical concepts, Asian philosophy, Asian... Um, well, it, one, th one thing we must make a distinction between is in Asian cultures, there's a very blurred line between religion and philosophy. Mm, that's um, true. You it's cannot study Asian philosophy without studying Asian religion or vice versa um, because it's, it's a very Western thing for us to, to draw a line between uh, philosophical concepts and religious concepts. Uh, for, for instance, uh, Confucius, Confucianism, is sort of a religion, sort of a legal code, sort of a philosophy, a collection of, of concepts of how to how to live essentially, um, not much of a you know spiritual component as much, yeah. but it it, it it incorporated a lot of of uh, Chinese ideas about ancestor worship, mm -hmm. uh, veneration, um, sort of a, a communal communal culture contributing to the to the state, and we don't really have any any sort of a of a concept or or of, or of a system in Western culture that would be a good analog. Uh, because often we do draw that, especially here in America, we draw that distinction between uh, between state and religion and mm -hmm, philosophy, mm -hmm. and and tend to compartmentalize things. But the way that it interweaves in Asian culture is a very foreign concept to us. Sean, um, I want to I want to get your your thoughts on on sort of this whole subject. What what's your opening opinion? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, when when it comes to um, to the 
the popularity of Asian philosophy and, 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 and religion, well, slash religion in, in the West, um, I mean, it seems to me, at, at least right now, that any exposure is good exposure. I mean, it's just, um, I, you know, even, even if the, the concepts are, are, you know, not really used properly, I mean, even if, I mean, that's, I, I don't, I don't really know. I guess I don't, I don't really know that, that much about, uh, uh, how how much of an in influence uh, you know Asian philosophy has had on, on well, the mindset? Well, here's here's my here's a question for you. Do do you think that Asian philosophy and Asian um, religion are in any way superior, or maybe should be preferenced above uh, American religion and philosophy? Oh no, no, of of course not. I mean, I I don't I don't see how one one can ever really make that claim. You know that. Mm. Uh, any that uh, one one culture one one person's uh, approach to to un- understanding truth or coming into uh, communion with with God or the you know divine u- ultimate reality is um, I, we can never really uh, put our foot down and say that that's um, in a- any way superior or or hmm. a faster way of of achieving that goal than than others. Because um, it seems like one of the things in, that has made Asian philosophy and, and these sort of Asian mysticism so popular in american culture is that that idea that it's it's older it's it's more mysterious mm-hmm. and and somehow better because we have such a young set of religions we have such a, a young set of of concepts that these sort of these sort of ancient um mystical ways of the easterners are are better or that there's something to be found there that we don't have here I think there's some of that. I think it also is a little bit of of just it's popular because it's different. It's mm. it's hip to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of an ex- example of that 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 springs to mind. Now, I don't know the history of it particularly, but Kabbalahism, the Kabbalists, right? Jew- Jewish mysticism yeah. is that's you know celebrities are Kabbalists. Madonna, <laughs> some, Ashton Kutcher. Some celebrities are Kabbalists. Yeah. Madonna, Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Ashton Kutcher's movie Guess Who, he refused to take off his little red bracelet, <laughs> and so they spent like millions of dollars editing it out of every frame of the film. Um, but I have no <laughs> idea. That, I have no idea what that's about. But it's hip because it's mysterious. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm pretty darn sure that's why Ashton Kutcher is into it. Mm-hmm. Because Ashton Kutcher doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's done a lot of soul searching and trying to figure out what <laughs> what he believes and how he fits into that sort of thing. You don't know just him. Guess, <laughs> just you a guess. Just a guess. Don't know him. But I mean, then you again, follow him on Twitter. It's some yeah. epic. Yeah, I already it's follow really Miley Cyrus. There's only so much celebrity I can take. <laughs> um, but then again, he is sleeping with Demi Moore. So what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> a- a- Ashton Kutcher old asks to be his mother. <laughs> yeah, but she's still Demi Moore. Yeah, or Demi. Demi, Moore. Demi, yeah. 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 It depends on where, where the emphasis is. Because Demi so has the same syllabic emphasis as dummy. <laughs> I think she prefers Demi, actually. Yeah. So, um, sorry, Jed. I want to I want to get your uh, your way in on this. What do you think? As far as is just are they more? Is it more important or more? Just yeah. I mean, what, what do you what do you feel about this this obsession with Asian mysticism and Asian philosophy? I guess I think about it in a few different ways. Like, um, you know, I, of course, as I've mentioned a few times on the show, I am a uh, fan of Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'd like to bring up Firefly in this case, where um, he really, uh, in the Firefly universe or the verse, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. there's definitely a lot of uh, Asian and I believe Chinese. Um, a lot of Chinese. It's, it's specifically Chinese. Uh, yeah. The history of the world is that. The two greatest superpowers, America and China, eventually yeah. collapsed into one and then left Earth because Earth is poopy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I could actually see that happening. I mean, just given a current state of affairs, and, you know, that's the one of the, I guess, purposes of science fiction is to speculate on, given the current circumstances, what's likely to happen, you know, to kind of extrapolate mm-hmm. what's likely to happen um, in hundreds of years or whatever. Um, so I, I don't know that. They're better in the sense that, you know, it has some inherent value that makes it so interesting to us. I think that it's just, you know, it's it's different in the sense that Kevin was bringing up, but it's also, I think, a lot of people see that that is an emerging power in the world, and so they're interested yeah. in what, you know, 
and speculating like rather than, you know, Hey, I should not learn anything about this thing that might become a part of my life in the near future. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're interested in kind of learning a little bit more about something that could, you know, in all likelihood become very influential. Yeah. And, and certainly Sean, I, I think the, the understanding that we gained of, of Chinese traditional philosophy was extremely helpful in, um, mm-hmm. in sort of deciphering a lot of quirks of Chinese culture, particularly the, right. the emphasis on state service and um, the social hierarchy, social hierarchy, the, the social hierarchy. Uh, you know, focus on the family, everything. Those, mm-hmm, those, mm-hmm. the idea of, of improving the world through through teaching, um, through education, um, which is something we brought up a few episodes ago with Dr. Webb. Now. One of the things that, that's different, particularly in the China case, is uh, Chairman Mao tried to stifle um, Confucianism in the time that he was in power, I believe. He tried to create a new doctrine for the people, but the, the ideas of Confucianism were so ingrained in the culture that people still continued to practice them, even in, even in, in the midst of, of this sort of uh, oppression of ideas. That Purge. He tried. Yeah, yeah. This, this purging. It's sort of a testament to how, in our culture, or, or similar to how, in our culture, Christian ideas um, have sort of permeated our, our culture on more than just a religious basis. You know, the, the parables come up all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, our, uh, in our dialogues. Politicians have to be at, at least sort of religiously inclined. They have to be Christian. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at yeah. least if, if you want to be president, you can't be anything but Christian in this country at yeah. this point in time. Which, which I think is, is wrong because of the separation of church and state and all that. Well, and, it's, it's, it's one of those things where... It's an informal we, rule. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not an informal rule. It's, just, it's majority rule. Yeah. So, someone who... Because... 60-75% of our population is Christian, they are going to, you know, you put up a, a, an atheist of all things. Yeah. I'm um, sorry, Stephen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> versus, versus a Catholic. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a, well, actually Catholics re- are usually rare. I think uh, Kennedy was our first Catholic president. Yeah, Protestant. Yes. Pick your Protestant. Pick your Protestant. Pro- <laughs> um, well, most of them, though, have been Presbyterian, though, right? That's true. Yes, uh, that yeah, is, I, that I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I know. I know. We had we've had a Quaker. Nixon was a Quaker. Quaker and I think one or two Catholics. Yeah. Kennedy was our first Catholic. Yeah. Carter? No, Carter was definitely not Catholic. But th- that is evidence of of kind of the the permeation that we see in this is that this one man we pick every four years or so to be you know the, our representative, which is really the president's of representative position more than anything else. Yeah, I think at least it was meant to be. Not nearly have the power that it does, but that's another show. And we we pick someone who is up until recently matches our ideals of you know the the uh, the perfect American the perfect American. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know we've had arguments. You know, well, Clinton was bad because he he got in the White House, um, which is a, not a very Christian thing to do. <laughs> yeah, at least because it wasn't his wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and Bush. Lied, not a very Christian thing to do. Yeah, um, and that's and that's how people kind of react to it. Um, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, a fair share of people who liked Clinton said, "Well, who cares what he does? He's running the pre- the country well." <laughs> I don't remember. I was eight at the time. So. Right. Well, anyway, sort sort of uh, <laughs> pulling us out of out of this particular rabbit trail. Um, you had a follow well, up on I that. Just, I just wanted to say it. I I just thought thought of something interesting that I mean. Um, uh, of all the a- Asian philosophies that that have been you know bent and, and twisted and and have really become in, ingrained with our, our pop culture and um, just because they're so so different and hip, mm-hmm. uh, Confucianism seems like it's not at all. I mean, just well, just, just because it I is. Can you, such I can give you one good example of that fortune cookies. The sort of the one-liners of wisdom are a very Confucian idea. I mean, if you if you read his stuff, it's a lot of short. Uh, bits of advice, and that you know the the little the little zing that you get in your, in your <laughs> fancy cookie at, at the end of a, a Chinese food meal. Well, right, is right. A direct 
kind of descendant of that idea. Um, yeah, right. granted, not we've, all had of, the, we've had that in the Western world as well. You look at uh, parables in the Bible. But parables are not, usually... Not parables, Proverbs, excuse me, Proverbs. Okay, yeah. Like the entire Psalms, book of Proverbs, or Proverbs yeah. um, is short, zit, wing, <laughs> wing short, <laughs> wing witty... One-line zingers. There we yeah. go. The tricky sentence. Um, <laughs> spare the rod, spoil the child. You know, yeah. that's the only one I can think of at the moment. But <laughs> these are these are in there. We've we've had those before. I think maybe because they're from a different culture, we find them more interesting. I th- yeah. I really think that's the root of this is the fact that it's something we don't know as much about. Yeah. Not right. that we don't want to learn. And in some cases, I think we maybe don't want to learn because that takes away the mysticism. <laughs> you know, if, if yeah. you know everything there is <laughs> about really, it. And I like, kind of wanted to get into that. Like, the awful truth is they have philosophical inconsistencies and, and problems of their own, just, just like our religions. And, I, you know, it's sort of that blissful ignorance thing. If you set these, these Asian mysticisms up on a pedestal, it's a lot easier to, to sort of to admire them and respect them and, and hold them above everything that, that we know. But they really don't deserve to be there any more than, uh, you know, Catholicism deserves to be elevated above Protestantism here in America. So yeah, and and then it is, and the, but again, it's it's we're not familiar with it. I don't know the the tenets of Taoism. I, I've meant I meant to pick up the uh, years ago. I meant to pick up the Tao Te Ching. No, um, the Tao of Pooh. <laughs> Good book, by the way. Good um, book. That's huh. that's my entry level, and I know about Winnie the Pooh, so I figure I could pick up, you know, the Tao of Pooh and, and figure it out from there. Um, I did not there's think sort it of was a that kind of Pooh, just, <laughs> <laughs> just for some context. P O O H. There, there actually is a uh, there actually is a poster called like the um, from 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 Zen. Uh, what what is the sound of one <laughs> clapping? <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> And, it's a good poster. And to get sort of that, you need to have at least read basic stuff mm-hmm. in in any of these philosophies. You know, the mm-hmm. the four the four noble truths of uh, Zen Buddhism, or, well, not well, a, all, just regular Buddhism yeah. actually, but Zen also, are you know, life is suffering, or suffering is a loose translation. We could get yeah. into that. Aristotle life, that life is the, the the better the better one is life is uh, unsatisfactoriness. Yes, life is unsatisfactoriness. unsatisfactoriness. And that's dukkha. Um, that's a very different thing. Than what Aristotle this this said. unsatisfactoriness or dissatisfaction is caused by uh, clinging desire to things, and the way to end the dissatisfactoriness is to stop clinging to things. And then the way to do that is to follow the eightfold path, eightfold and path, then yeah. each one of those has another expansion and. Yeah, and it, it's not. And it eventually it's, drills down, but that that sort of starting place is it's something that a lot of people have discovered, kind of on their own, separate from reading any particular Asian philosophy. But then when they find that they're like, oh yeah, this is you know this jives exactly with what I've been thinking, and they don't get that concise of a of an explanation in the Christian religions, I think. So they sort of it appeals to them to go a different route than what they organize differently. One thing that's interesting. Yeah. Um, just and, and I'm, I've been seeing I'm seeing a lot of parallels here, which is intriguing me. Okay, um, Aristotle in his less than fantastic work, The Poetics, um, one of his lesser known books, actually about theater, which is why I know it pretty well, um, talked about three things you have in in theatrical plays that represent life. There mm. there are three. Mm. Things you're He's talking specifically about tragedies, but he, we don't know what he talked about in his comedy book because it's been lost. Um, this, seriously, it's, there's like bits and pieces of it. That's all we have. But uh-huh. in the tragedies, he talks about there. There is the gaining of new information. Um, that's when you, some, the revelation, something has been revealed to you. Okay. There are reversals. Situation changes often because of new information. Um, and then the, the final thing that everything else is is actually uh, in the translation I have is suffering. Huh. Is that's the rest of it. He's talking specifically of the world in a, in a play, but that's he's kind of showing that like this is you know life is suffering. Yes, again, not necessarily a direct translation, but that's an interesting parallel. No, and I'm, I'm yeah it, it, that that idea of of evil or or uh, dissatisfaction or just you know happening is pretty basic to, <laughs> to life. Yeah, he said it. <laughs> um, because really, you know, we, we've talked about the, you know, the problem of evil here on the, on the show before. Um, it's one of the, the arguments against the existence of God. You know, why would God create a world with all this suffering? Well, you know, maybe he has a reason, but are his reasons good enough? And uh, if he has a reason, why didn't he just eliminate it in the first place? And et cetera, et cetera. 
But Buddhism starts right out with that and said, you know, life is suffering. Buddhism is an atheist religion, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the, there's not this sort of idea of a uh, of a power or force or being or anything that controls the world or um, has any sort of uh, higher presence. Well, it, um, it's it's not so much that 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 the the Buddha um, taught that that there that there was was no God, there was no higher being. It's just that uh, that e- even even God or or the gods them that themselves that the gods and the the, the demons and all all the, the spirits and the spirit realms even they are trapped in this cycle of karma. Yeah. So it's it's like That's they're a, not so a fun important. pop culture thing I was thinking about earlier. Uh, yeah, karma is uh, one that we've karma. that we've uh, oh, we've seen more and more point. recently. Uh, particularly if you look at um, like the, the recently canceled show on NBC, My Name Is Earl. Karma dealt very heavily in the show, hmm. mind you. Uh, and the, the producers made it known as well that the, the karma of My Name Is Earl is not the karma of Buddhism by any stretch of the imagination. Well, the karma of culture is not either. No, it um, isn't. But the, the idea of, of reciprocity, it, particularly in My Name Is Earl, is I believe the premise is he. Uh, he has to. What was what was the impetus well, for okay, him to what, do it? What happened but, is he he wins the lottery. He wins a okay. scratch off and makes you know zillions of dollars, whatever, and immediately gets hit by a car. Hmm. Um, like hmm. after he scratches off, he walks in the street and gets hit by a car. And um, he's in the hospital and he's like, "Wow, why did this happen?" And he's watching the Carson Daly. He's watching something on, with Carson Daly. I don't know if it's Carson Daly show something. Uh-huh. Carson Daly's on TV. And he goes, you know, well, I believe, like, you know, if someone asks him, you know, how he's become so sexual, he goes, well, I really believe in karma. You know, you do good things, good things will happen to you. And that's the karma of the world, of, of my name is Earl. Yeah. And, that's what, and so he's like, well, he takes that and runs with it. And he goes, well, I've done bad things. That's why bad things happen to me. And so he creates a list of all of the bad things he has done in his life <laughs> and is to then fix them all so he will be on, good side of, on the good side of karma. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a point relatively early in the season when something really bad happens to them and him and his brother like start calling out to karma and be like save me karma and stuff like that like it's, it's pretty funny but it's also one of those things that now my, my name is real definitely deals with stereotypes particularly the kind of the southern hick white color white not white color white trash sort of stereotypes yeah but that's generally the kind that's not terribly far removed from kind of the the american idea of karma no, it, well, the Americanized version of karma is just that. You do good things, good things happen to you. You do bad things, bad things happen to you. But the the Asian idea of karma, and you do, it, it does take different forms in Buddhism and Hinduism. Absolutely. Um, at sort of its earliest incarnation was sort of as a um, a leveler. Karma, karma was what keeps everything in line and sets the stage for your life. So... If, if in a past life you were a tyrant and you killed millions of people, you would reincarnate as, like, a cockroach. Or if you were a human, you would be, like, born into a, a super bad situation and, you know, bad things, quote-unquote, would happen to you throughout your life. Um, but it's how you respond to that setting, to the... To, the, the stage that's been set by your previous actions that determines what you will get in, in future lives. The problem comes into play when you start asking, well, on, you know, what's the time scale for this, for this reciprocity? If I do a good thing now, when does the, a good thing happen to me? Is it now? Is it 10 <laughs> lives from now? Is it 100 lives from now? And when you get that sort of ambiguity in there, you start asking, well, why should we believe this at all? Because anything can be explained away. Because, you know, if you have a good thing happen to you, oh, I must have done something good in a previous life. Or it could have been, you know, the lady I helped across the street yesterday. If mm-hmm. a bad thing happens to you and you've been a saint all your life, it's, well, you know, in a previous life I was a bad person. I wonder about... But you can't falsify any of it. So. Fun, fun side note, NBC is... Is NBC? I think it's NBC. Is doing a show in the fall called Past Life. <laughs> where, like, seriously, they, there's this woman who can... It's not dissimilar from, like, Medium... The other show they've got, where uh-huh. a woman talks to ghosts, or say Ghost Whisperer, um, but she like can look into someone's soul and find out things that happened to them in a past life, mm. and they solve mysteries about that to give the person peace nowadays. <laughs> oh, great! It's like a mix of Cold Wonderful. Case and Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's that's how the show was pitched. That's um, <laughs> that's what we've gotten to nowadays. You just just remix old stuff, and yeah. Actually, it's yes. been that way for about fifty years. <laughs> that's what we do, more or less. <laughs> 
longer than that. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun. Shakespeare said that in the 16th century, 15th, 17th century. And uh, Kohelet said it a lot earlier. <laughs> yeah, but Shakespeare got famous for saying it. It was in the Bible a lot long before Shakespeare <laughs> came along. So, you know, if the Bible is famous, then, yeah. So you're saying, you're saying that Shakespeare plagiarized that? From I'm the Bible? sure Shakespeare wouldn't disagree. <laughs> yeah. Shakespeare stole everything he wrote. That's true. <laughs> uh, Comedy of Errors, he stole from a Plautus play called The Twins. Mm. He just added another set of twins. He's like, well, two twins is funny. Four twins is twice as funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's the premise of the show. <laughs> yeah. And he's right. It's a funny show. But, yeah. but anyway. So, so do Westerners initially um, sort of latch, latch on to the eastern philosophies because it is so so different it's such a different way of looking looking at the world and, and it, it it jives with 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 an understanding that, that we have that our, our judeo-christian background didn't necessarily convey to us but do do people so do people eventually get get trapped like do people still fall into this trap of just sort of um be becoming safe and comfortable and just sort of re, re repackaging the these these old ideas or 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 a perception of karma and Zen and yin, 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 yin and yang is, as in, in a very old, very very primitive way mm. of, of of looking at. It. I mean, do do we fall into that trap? I think so. I, I mean, it, it certainly seems like we we love to fall into it and not acknowledge that we're falling into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of folks like to think that we're you know discovering these Asian ideas and, and bringing them in anew and. Uh, maybe going a new direction, new age religion. I mean, come on. <laughs> and I think it's it's the the most naive thing you can do is to presume that your ideas are new, uh, because really nothing is new under the sun. You somebody has thought it before, which, which drives me crazy as a creative man. <laughs> oh, it's um, and and really, we going way back to episode zero. We talked about this idea yeah. of, of creativity. Yeah. Um, is mm-hmm. not actually bringing anything new about. All we're doing is reformulating stuff, maybe in a way that no one's seen before or in a long time. But we're not. We can only create form. We cannot create things. Um, and it's the same for for matter. You can't create or destroy matter. You can only change it. You can make um, it energy. <laughs> it's just a transformation. Matter is energy. <laughs> And I think what, what people think with these Asian ideas is they like to they like to take them, kind of repackage them, and then think that they're creating something new. Mm-hmm. When in fact, you know, some philosopher probably said it a thousand years ago, and he probably ripped it off from somebody else. And th- there was actually this. This reminds me of Anathem again. There was a yeah, uh, there was I, actually I a concept thing. of. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but I was trying to remember during Anathem. Yeah, a certain sect of people that. It was there was the name of a philosopher who put forward that idea that there were no new ideas. And, <laughs> and how, how novel. Well they well they build this whole, this whole idea about it. And it actually becomes really useful if you're doing other research to contact them because they they make it a point of learning all of the old ideas and yeah. who came up with them first and who came up with them before that. And so they're sort of the Snopes. They, they, of, to some extent, they are. But like you know, you'll Snopes have you'll, slash Wikipedia. But you'll you'll say you know such and you know I, I I thought of this such and such, and they'll say well so and so thought of it a hundred years ago, and this is what they did with it. Yeah, and then you can you can sort of and it, take it, it, it up kind where of they becomes left a short off. point, uh, a shortcut in that regard. Yeah, um, it's also useful in the book itself as a handy plot point. But um, so, do you think that that people should then? make an effort to to actually learn more about what the Asian religions do say, um, to read texts like the Tao Te Ching and the, uh, the writings of, of Confucius and the, the writings of the Buddha. At least read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Repair. <laughs> maintenance. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Repair. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I have, I have Zen and the Art of Archery. I have the book as well. Yeah, little, little yeah, thin, Yeah, did you take Kevin's uh, class? Eugene Heritage. No, no, okay. No. Ket- but I, I have the book. It's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty nice. I, I got it for a class. Never I, read it, I did not particularly Zen like Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Well, it's, I, the thing is, it's a memoir. It's not actually about Zen or motorcycle maintenance. <laughs> it is about motorcycle maintenance. It does, yeah. does talk a lot about motorcycle maintenance. And, and, and it's, it's actually all a, a, a about Zen because it is not about Zen. Because none of it is about Zen. Right? Uh, <laughs> BTW, I don't know about Zen, so I couldn't tell you. By the way, paradox plays a huge role in a lot of Eastern mysticism. Yes. Um, good, the, good point. The first line of the Tao Te Ching is actually... 
the Tao that can be named it's not the true is Tao. not the true Tao. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on for another, uh, what, 4,995 words. Talking exactly about what, what the Tao is. Exactly. <laughs> what the nature so of this Tao is. It, it is, well, if you can't describe it, then why'd you go on describing it? And if it, you did, yeah, so. Hmm. Uh, but that comes up a yeah. lot, you know, that sort of, you know, Wu Wei, um, action through inaction. These, you know, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Koans. Koans themselves are sort of these these little paradoxes meant to make you think about stuff. Mm -hmm. Shock the mind. Okay. <laughs> koans it, yeah. being an analog to proverb. Or uh, no, uh, koans are actually, you know, what is the sound of one hand clapping? That's not a proverb. It doesn't tell you anything. Say a proverb, Kevin. It's what is the sound of one hand clapping? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, th I, I very much feel that they. Like, I mean, no, because or, or what's another koan that we went through? In um, uh, Zen um, or a monk asked Zen master jo Joshu, um, does does a dog have B Buddha, Buddha nature? nature? That's right. And Zen master Joshu answers, moo. <laughs> um, so they're like, which, which the word the word moo means like nothing. Yeah, no or nothing. Yeah, yeah. or not. And, and it's sort of. So if you're, no thinking, if you're thinking in proverbial form, <laughs> you're in this framework that you shouldn't be. <laughs> but uh, and so that that's sort of the idea is that, you know th these things have worked our way have worked their way into Western culture because they're so different from how we think. We don't like paradoxes. We don't we don't like thinking outside the logical rational box that we like mm -hmm. to believe that we think in all the time, which we really don't. <laughs> so but, I mean, I. I would disagree because of the popularity of, I mean, something that we brought up earlier is that it is popular. And so clearly, but do people understand why it's popular though? I mean, I doubt very many people have actually figured out why koans exist the way they do. I ha I certainly haven't um, because a lot of them like to, to, to put it forward and be like, Ooh, yeah. Doesn't that expand your mind? It, are you well, really getting the point, though? I, I don't... Is there a point? Maybe there isn't a point. That's the point. Well... Who is I, John Galt? <laughs> Who is John Galt, indeed? I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that, that, that they don't have a purpose. It's just that I, I think that the problem is that it's, it's, it's just it's an outdated way of, of packaging or of, 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 sorry, of leading one to, to truth or to a higher real realization of truth or to some higher state of, of consciousness. I, I think the problem is that... You don't think koans are relevant anymore? No, I, I think, because I think they're, because I think, I think things change. I'm, I'm always a fan of a progressive s spirituality, you know, it's like, uh, but is and this sort of goes back to my point is is progressive spirituality kind of an illusion like are we are we really progressing at all or are we just going in circles and rediscovering what's been said already so if there's nothing new under the sun then how is progressive spirituality does that mean you're just progressing farther to... along the wheel i think i i think there are new new things under the sun but it's just it's we're we're too I, I, impatient you know we we measure everything <laughs> right we measure everything uh, in in relation to like the span of like hu human life or the span of a human civilization or something, when when I mean the if you look at the just this the evolution of of life on on Earth, it's taken an incredible uh, uh, amount of time. But wouldn't you say that new things are? are I mean, you know, the, the human being, the existence human of beings Homo are, sapiens are new here, but they may not have been new on a different world. Now, granted, they were new once. That's assuming time is linear. <laughs> now, see, that's actually a, a fundamental difference between Western and uh, and some Eastern religions is the the nature of time. Uh, for Hinduism, I think time has been infinite, but it sort of goes in these cycles. Yeah, called you know, uh, kalpas. Kalpas, yeah. yeah. And they're like cycles within cycles within cycles, and uh, mm -hmm. they they even assign names to like the various lengths of time and. They went up to like millions of years, and uh, there's no, there was no beginning. There won't be an end. There is only here and not here. So one of the the tenets of Hinduism um, is this this idea that we're on a wheel of samsara that we just keep, you know, we're born, we live, we die, we're reborn, we live, we die, we're born, you know, 
And escaping from that, moksha, is like the, should be your, your constant uh, desire, your constant um, task. You're, you should strive to get off of this wheel because, you know, who wants to run on a hamster wheel for all of eternity? <laughs> but don't we also, I mean, like, isn't one of the, and I know I'm comparing apples to oranges, but I mean, one of the... Fruit salad. <laughs> isn't one of the uh tenets of you know christianity that you know we want eternal life so what's the difference between mm. you know like it's but we interesting want eternal life as ourselves yes not as a cockroach or a cow or a bird or a tyrant you know we want we want to escape as we are now and you know for one thing be able to remember eternity if if reincarnation is is the fact of the matter I don't remember my previous lives, and it's one of the things that you get, supposedly, when you escape, is you can remember all of your previous lives, um, which, if time has been going on infinitely, it seems like that would be an infinite amount of memory, and it, it's another <laughs> philosophical Don't think too hard ton. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, some people have drawn that similarity between enlightenment and... Uh, going to heaven in Christianity, and I think it's a very different concept. Oh, totally different. Um, yeah. Well, for one, you can be enlightened and, and be alive and be be present in, the, in this this body. Right. And I guess be be functioning with your or- organic brain, and you know, I've thought an awful lot about the, what what in, in enlightenment actually means, but I've never really arrived at any. It means different things in in different Asian cultures, but the, I mean, the general idea is that sort of. You know, going to a higher plane, uh, escaping this world, um, escaping existence entirely. Uh, the the way that that the Buddha is described is tatyagata uh, uh, or like gone away. Oh, um, parasamgata. Yeah. Parasamgate. That that's that's the end of the the heart, the heart sutra. Yeah. Yeah. Gate gate paragate parasamgate. Bodhisvaha. That's it. Yeah, and it's literally like he's gone away. He's no yeah. longer here, um, completely gone out of existence. I mean, they, can I have his stuff? <laughs> if you can find it, <laughs> I think he has a tree somewhere. <laughs> I don't have a tree somewhere. The Bodhi tree. Yeah. Well, there, so that 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 is that is a, a good point. So yeah. So I guess the I guess the main difference between the concept of, of enlightenment, especially in a, a, a Buddhist sense, and the concept of heaven in a you know Judeo Christian sense. Because yeah, heaven, that, you're going somewhere. You yeah. know, as as you know, in a, a maybe a higher being or whatever, but you're still a being of some kind. Um, now, granted, Buddhism kind of evolved too, because then you have this concept of bodhisattvas, right, which who, are enlightened beings. That are still beings that can come back and help other beings become enlightened. And, become enlightened, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, it, you know, there, there was there was a very in, interesting article. It's like a survey in uh, an AARP m- magazine that I read one time, and it was a survey of um, of people, you know, uh, in 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 America over the age of sixty, and their their beliefs about he- heaven. And it was very in, intriguing because most people believe that um, that in heaven you can still uh, have sex. That that in heaven, you know, you can still play, play, play games and ha- have fun, and it's it's like it's almost like people people want so much, or at least people here here in in the West want so much for for the a- after afterlife to be everything that they enjoy about <laughs> ab- about this life forever, m- forever, you know, without without ha- having having to ever to ever pee and and, and you know shit again. All the good know. things I've, without all I've the bad really things. I've really enjoyed peeing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great relief. Well, that can be yeah. your heaven. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it, you and know, it's, and an eternal exclusively out. You know? <laughs> it just flows, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and, and, and I mean, and people, people have long, for years and years, have, have loved the concept of being a, an, an angel, ha, ha, having wings, you know, being able to fly, just, 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 just like the birds. See, because if you're going to exist, here's one of my, my things about that. If you're going to exist for all eternity, though, that stuff might be interesting for the first ten years or so. It's awful boring after a while, and then it, it would get pretty boring. And and one of the uh, one of the things we we brought up before on the show is is in that sort of existence, you would get to a point where you have literally done everything that is possible. You would be completely bored <laughs> if if you were truly allowed to be an omnipotent being, which is debatable because some concepts of heaven have a hierarchy and well and, but, and that's only in some it's Mormons 
uh, yeah, some preferences of of heaven. Um, there are others well, who and the fact who, that there are preferences alone is like you know. Well, it's different interpretations. Yeah. I mean, like we, you can't agree on what enlightenment means. True, true. Um, so that's that's not a, a difference really. But you know, some people have argued that you know heaven isn't about doing things or, or you know having powers or being able to watch the living. It's solely it's it's paradise in a different sense of the word, in a sense that we don't understand it. Yes. In that it it is solely the the being with. The all-powerful, all-loving God. Mm-hmm. That's all that it is. It's you get to hang out with God forever. Yeah. But that is such an incredible experience that you will not tire of it. Hmm. That's an easier heaven for me to understand than playing board games for eternity. Well, it's an easier heaven to make consistent. Uh, and it, and it's, it is, no pun intended, a more enlightened view of heaven than, <laughs> than a lot of these, uh, these AARP yeah. respondents seem to have. Because Having sex and playing... Playing, playing bingo every Sunday. Yeah, I mean, what, you know? what kind of a... Sometimes at the same time. <laughs> and, yes. and I know this is, this is a very... This is actually... It's an enlightened view, but it's more of a Greek view that, you know, to think that, that heaven consists merely of these, these fleshy pleasures is disgusting to me. Because, I mean, the Greeks drew that distinction between, like, the upper realm and the, then this realm. And they were not terribly enchanted with being in bodies... Uh, you know, with having to pee and shit and all this other stuff, they they liked the idea of sort of a of a formless form of a of a free of a being free of of any uh, container, and you know that idea that we would be able to do such things as you know physical acts of playing tennis in heaven um, is is saying, well, I want to hold on to this 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 lower physical container when I'm in this upper higher realm. Um, what about all the cooler things that I could do if I didn't have a physical container? You know, flying itself seems rather boring if you can be everywhere in the universe at once. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, and granted, it's just an interpretation, but still, I like your idea. I think it's more plausible because we can't claim to, to think that the upper realm is going to be anything like what we're in now. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, and or, to even, to, or to even say that, that yeah. we know if it's going to be similar or dissimilar. Yeah. Well, similar to the Enlightenment, is it's, it's hard to describe what it is because it is so removed from what we experience here. Yeah. But, or we could all end up on the river world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it all seems to come down to the fact that every, you know, every culture's perception or popular perception of, of the afterlife is just a, a projection of what we want it's a projection yes. of our 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 desires for for like a perfect world i mean in it seems like the concept of an enlightenment in 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 the east is still it's still it's a projection it's still a, a projection of what we want because if 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 existence itself whether whether that be as as like a roach or a a, a spirit or or a human being if, if all existence is is bound by karma and thus is suffering or is a state of unsatisfactoriness then then it it feels cool it sounds cool to to be able to to uh, attain enlightenment and and to to go be go between the state of both being and non-being mm. it's like it's wow it's like that for 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 the eastern cultures or you know that's that's their projection and it's all about where you start because they're starting from this this axiom of of the Absolutely. world is in cycles and and their birth and rebirth whereas we're starting from the axiom of there is this life and this is the only one you get right <laughs> and you better do everything you can to get to heaven before you die and it's a cultural starting point that leads us to, to these different um, these different conclusions these different desires these like you said these different um, projections of our our own wants into the afterlife, um, so I think one one of the the best things that anyone can do is just to to understand where they're starting from in the first place and how that's shaping where they want to go. I know it's a very general statement, but knowledge we don't is, give answers here. No, we don't. Um, <laughs> we like rabbit trails. We like circles and. And we like running on our hamster wheels. <laughs> well, anyway, we have, uh, we have come to the, the conclusion of our time here on Bad Philosophy. Um, hope you've enjoyed watching and listening. Kevin, thank you for being on the show. Uh, it was nice having you in person once again. I know. Crazy. Don't expect this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At least not for a while. Uh, there's a possibility that uh, I'll be visiting Kevin in uh, Oxford, Ohio, uh, when he is a graduate student at Miami University. Ooh. Yes. 
Which is older than the University of Miami, so don't give me none of your lip. Mm. <laughs> don't you forget it. So where can people follow you, Kevin? Uh, still on Twitter, Kev Sond. Uh, you can check out my Kevin Reviews Something Every Day project uh, at youtube.com slash kevsond. Um, I also occasionally, very occasionally, put up other videos at uh, youtube.com slash questforpi, Q-U-E-S-T, the number four P-I. And Sean, thank you for being on the show for the first time. It was well, thank you. Great having you. You you held your own, I, my friend. <laughs> I enjoyed the company of fine people. So uh, where can people uh, where can people follow you? I, I was I was just thinking about what my answer to that question would be, and I, I'm not very well uh, well connected. Um, I'm Sean Mullen, S E A N M U L L E N on uh, on Twitter. But uh, I only tweet like once a month. So. Oh, a <laughs> um, recluse, I guess. I guess so. Um, and uh, Jed, thank you for being our technological guru back there. We we sure appreciate your tireless devotion to the show. Yeah, no problem. Where can people uh, follow you? Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter at twitter.com slash Linux. That's L-I-N-N-I-X. Uh, same with facebook.com Linux and... I think maybe I've uploaded one YouTube video in my entire life at uh, youtube.com slash linux1212. All right. And you can follow me. I'm uh, at twitter.com slash storrence, S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E. And uh, I've got a bunch of other social presences you can find from there. You can follow the show at twitter.com slash badphilosophy. And you can also watch our episodes live every Sunday at noon-ish on stickham.com slash badphilosophy. We thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. I like Chinese thoughts, the wisdom that Confucius taught. If Darwin is anything to shout about, the Chinese will survive us all without any doubt. So I like Chinese. Oh, well, yeah, what, what is that? Uh, are you a 4chan... Um... Person, I what was it? Rule time on 4chan. Rule Rule 26. If if it exists, there, there's porn. That's Rule 34. Rule 34. That's right. Yeah. Habib it. <laughs> Habib it. Twinkie House. Oh memes, so fantastic. Yeah, all 95% of all memes started on 4chan. Oh yeah, it's which is frightening to think about. It's where all the deranged people society come come together. Yeah, it just the sickest people just come together on Forge. It's their special hub. And they invented lolcats. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's you have to think about the same people more or less who are waging a war on Scientology created lolcats. (laughs) I like Chinese. Bad Philosophy is brought to you by Skype Out and by Apple. Check out their offers through the affiliate section of our website. I like Chinese. I like Chinese. I really just want to sit in a corner and cry now.